All right, what's happening, uh, Ward Wrestling Live, uh, the Wrestling Nation, uh, everybody out there at home. Uh, once again, I just want to say thank you for all your support uh, with the show and uh, just getting wrestling out there into the public. Um, I'm, I'm here today with uh, some amazing, amazing men in our sport, uh, amazing athletes, amazing, obviously smart. They're at Stanford. Uh, and uh, we're, we're just here to discuss, um, you know, Stanford wrestling, what's going on there, uh, you know, what happened and, and is there a way that we can save it and keep it? We've got, um, we've got keeping it real woods. See, I got it right. Real woods. I, I learned how to do that. We've got uh, Nick up top. We've got Gabe in the middle. We got Judah on the right side and we got young Desario down there at the bottom, right? And uh, anyway, uh, first things first, I mean, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, absolute honor to have all you guys. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear about your program. And uh, hopefully we can we can turn that the other way around. I, I was speaking with uh, Coach Reyna up at Penn and, and, I, and I think their, um, uh, their dean or whatever there is in charge of all the ADs across the country. So I know that she's trying to do things to kind of prevent this from, from going south. But um, um, I know obviously we're here to talk Stanford wrestling and how to, how to protect it, how to save it. Uh, first things first though, I mean, with the coronavirus and everything, obviously it's affected everyone. Um, have you guys still been able to kind of train on your own, do things on your own, or has this kind of thrown a curveball in everything and your mind is kind of on something else right now? Uh, yeah, go ahead, so, sorry. So at first, you know, it was, it was tough because a lot of the gyms just closed right away um, and there wasn't really anywhere to go. So previous training situations were kind of off the table at that point. Um, but, you know, as everything else kind of transpired, we were all just um, forced to adapt and find a new solution. So whether that means, you know, just training on your own or, you know, training somewhere else, um, we all just kind of had to do that on our own. Wow. So um, how about you, Real? I know you've been out doing some camps, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, when the whole COVID thing started, I just stayed at on campus for the spring quarter. Uh, and found some training, place, some places to train out there. Training really hasn't been a problem. Surprisingly, it hasn't been a problem for me. But uh, then I came back home, and uh, I hear an echo. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> anyway, I came back home, and, uh, and uh, I have Jackson's gym out here. Uh, was training periodically with them. Did a little uh, uh, wrestling is life camp out here. Brought a few... Uh, teammates out here, uh, people from around the country, even even a kid from Hawaii, but uh, brought a lot of kids together uh, and did a good little like, week of training. And then uh, I've just been doing my own thing now. Awesome, man. Judah? Yeah, I went back home and uh, I didn't really have any access. Well, I had access to a gym at first and then they all closed down. And so I just started uh, figuring out basically um, body weight stuff I could do in the backyard and just finding whatever I could to lift, find branches, do pull-ups on, just whatever. Um, I reached out to other people just kind of see what different body weight stuff they were doing or stuff they could do without a gym, you know, different stance motion drills, you know, just, just kind of trying to explore every avenue in which you could kind of get better. Um, it was just – our hardest part was just finding a training partner, um, which uh, eventually I I'm actually in Oregon right now. So I, I, uh, I live in Georgia, but I came out to Oregon because uh, one of my teammates, Hayden Maley, are uh, heavyweights out here. So I've been training with him now, which has been great. Um, oh, well, very cool. I had, a, uh, <clears throat> I had a guy on earlier today that's training MMA out there in, uh, in Portland. He was a Florida State champion, Tobias. And, uh, uh, it was cool. He said, he said, be careful of that Northwest man up there. They got some, some ballers. So, uh, Gabe. Yeah, man. Game. Yeah. Like at first, you know, it was kind of crazy with the COVID stuff. We all got sent home, but, uh, yeah, with the training wasn't too bad. Kind of went back to your roots, just, you know, running mountains, hills, trails in the backyard and around Colorado where I'm from. And then, uh, as some other guys also got sent home, uh, like Deacon and kind of fine silvers and whatnot, started to hook up with them and 
been wrestling with them just about every day and flew out some other teammates to come down. And so, uh, yeah, just uh, had to get creative with it in the beginning and now just kind of still figuring it out and uh, see what the next steps will be for training and moving forward. So it's been good, though. It's been solid. Awesome. Jackson, are you back in Georgia? I think that's where you guys live, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Georgia, <coughs> luckily, like, I don't know if it was the smartest thing or not, but we opened up pretty early. And uh, so all the all the clubs and stuff down here that I trained at in high school are already back open. And then before they were able to open back up, I, uh, I was able to I, luckily, like one of my friends that's a good training partner, he's around my size. He's pretty solid. His dad owns a club. So even when everything was still supposed to be closed, we were able to get a pretty solid group of guys in there and we were training. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, man, Georgia wrestling's really come alive with, you know, Morris Fitness and Terry style. And yeah, I keep going. I've had a bunch of really awesome dudes on from there. So. Well, thanks, man. I, I appreciate you going around and, and just letting us know what you guys have been up to. So, you know, obviously- I did help uh, Daniel. I don't know if I could jump in, but I did help uh, young Desario train in the pool. We were working on Greco and I was able to take him for five. I just wanted his friends to know this. <laughs> uh, he did go feet overhead, uh, busted his elbow on the bottom of the pool because I got him down so hard. So just want to point that out. Uh, just we're all clear. Yeah. Oh, so you were thrown for five by Pops. Yeah, that's what that's what he was he thinks happened. That's what he thinks uh, happened. <laughs> I did lose. I'm not gonna lie, I did lose the match, but I, I did get at least one one throw in there. Oh, that's awesome, man. So, you know, obviously uh we're here we're here for uh, for a reason and uh to to try to get your voice part. So first, um Dad, up there in the corner, man, first t- tell us kind of uh, what happened, and then we'll go around the room and, and, and find out how, how you guys were contacted, how this went down, uh, you know, what your expectations are. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, we were actually uh, on, a, on a mini vacation in New Orleans, and uh, we, we got a text message. Jackson got a text message, a remind message, saying uh, they had to get on a, on a video zoom in 30 minutes and i thought and he thought and i'm sure everybody else thought uh it was going to have something to do either with how they were getting back to campus and how that was going to work out or we thought worst case was they were going to cancel the season and uh i've never seen my young man so distraught when he came back to the table after the meeting he wasn't able to speak um we, I, I just, I quickly got on the internet and found out uh, they had canceled uh, 11 sports, including, including wrestling, uh, completely blindsided, completely, um, com- com- completely blindsided and, and, and completely heartbroken uh, over a, a decision that, that since has made less and less sense. Wow. So, so uh, yeah, go ahead. Man, let's go around the room. I will start there. Uh, Nick, man, what, so talk about it. Talk about that Zoom call, what happened, your feelings afterwards. And Nick, did they, you're on mute, Nick, but did they even let you know about that call? Yeah, so I was actually on a vacation as well. Um, I was in Florida and it was my first day there. Um, and yeah, we were, the freshmen are in the, the group chat now. So I got the same text. Um, I got an email prior to that from, you know, the athletic director or provost or something like that. Um, just letting us know that we had a Zoom meeting, like you said. Um, and then, you know, our group chat kind of came alive and we were all wondering what that was going to be about. Um, and, you know, really the first time I had any, like any idea that that was, that, you know, what happened now was going to be a reality uh, was when Coach Borelli kind of like broke the news a little bit because really he only found out about five minutes before we did. Um, and, you know, we only found out about 30 minutes before they made it public. So, you know, we all hopped on a Zoom call together as a team rather than have to hear it from, you know, the higher ups, which, you know, they would try to tell us a certain story that may or may not um, have, you know, facts in it, but, you know, not really coming from the, the heart. So we all hopped on that Zoom and he told us the news. And, you know, ever since it's just, like you said, it doesn't really make much sense to us. So, yeah, yes. it's just hard to wrap our heads around i guess yeah i mean 
Talk about that real. I mean, what, uh, you know, what's your opinion on this whole thing? Very unintelligent decision. But, uh, and it was, I mean, personally, personally, it was so incredibly devastating because I dreamt of being in Stanford wrestling for Stanford, winning a Stanford, winning an NCAA title for Stanford since I was a little seven-year-old kid, not seven, seventh grade, kid in seventh grade. I actually, I actually got uh, interested in Stanford in a funny way. Uh, I was watching a football game and I like football a lot. And uh, I, li I, li I like their jersey. So that was like, oh, that's my favorite college. <laughs> hey, that's not however it happens, right? Right, right. And uh, ever since then, like, I kind of want, I actually like learned about the school and that's where I wanted to be. And I was just a boy, you know? And then that over the course of, you know, however many years, now the program being cut, it's like everything that I dreamt of happening, all, all my dreams, all my goals are just like, feels like they're shattered. You know, they're not, life moves on. But especially at that moment when I got that call and they told us that it just felt like they were shattered. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know what to do, you know? And man, even, and it hasn't, it hasn't gotten better. One bit has not gotten better. And it's tough for me because I'm in a spot as a junior that I'm I'm not a senior nor I'm not a freshman or a sophomore who has the ability to to take this following year at Stanford and and then transfer to somewhere I know at, at least something that I would want to transfer to like academically. So because I, no Ivy League schools allow you to transfer if you exceed half of your credit towards graduation. And I'm at exactly half of my credits. So as soon as I decide to go to Stanford for this fall quarter, and as soon as I take that, my class, my class load, like that's gonna exceed my credits and I wouldn't be able to transfer to an, to an Ivy League school if I, if I wanted to, you know what I mean? And maintain the high education. So it's a really, really good spot for me. Um, there's just a lot to think about, you know, it's just, it's a lot, very heavy situation. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I mean, as I, I'm a parent and I'm hearing you talk and, uh, yeah, I just feel the emotion, you know, as, as I'm sure Tony would say up there, I mean, we live vicariously through our children. So, um, the hurt comes from them, you know, like I can hear it in your voice. I can, yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm well, like it's more than that too, Daniel. As a parent, you you support your children and you you expect them to put forth a certain level of effort in everything that they do. And then when your kid becomes a wrestler, that's magnified, right? Like a thousand times because there is nothing more difficult than being a kid that wrestles. And then they these guys. They did it right. They they didn't just do it. They did it amazingly well, and they didn't just do wrestling amazingly well. They did their academics amazingly well. You know, these are these are not just one percenters in terms of wrestling. These are one percenters in terms of their academics as well. So this is these are all um, these are the guys who have put forth so much effort and sacrificed so much of their uh, their youth so that they could have this opportunity and to be promised this opportunity by a university who stands for um, doing the right thing. And then to have that taken for, uh, out from under them, I, I, I'm heartbroken for all of these kids, every single one. Yeah, it's, it's gotta be tough. Um, Judah, talk about, uh, you know, maybe give us your, give us your feelings. <clears throat> yeah, so I don't know. I just remember being in high school <clears throat> kind of, I never thought I'd go to Stanford. I mean, I remember being in high school and never thinking I was even going to go to college because my parents said, like, we can't afford it and we want, don't want you to take out a massive loan to go to college. So you're either going to have to get a really good scholarship or something. And so I was like, ah, I guess I'm not going, but I guess I'll just kind of see what's out there, talk to some coaches, maybe 
something will happen. And so I, you know, just emailing people, emailing coaches, you know, um, seeing what kind of what's out there, what's going on. And, and, uh, and then coach Brelli responded to one of my emails. I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I was like, but it's Stanford. It's uh, that's an insane college to get into, you know? And then um, I was like, I might as well send it. And so I, uh, cause like I would get enough, uh, I'd be able to afford that with all the financial aid and scholarships and everything, but I didn't think I would ever get in. And so like this all happened junior, senior year. And then I got in and I just couldn't believe it. Cause I went from thinking, I'm just going to be done with school now, I guess, and not go to college and find a job and do something else. Um, maybe coach wrestling or do something like that to all of a sudden now I'm not only am I in college and, it, and I'm wrestling, but I'm at Stanford. And I'm wrestling. It was just like, there's more than a dream come through. Cause I'd never even dreamed I'd end up at somewhere like this. And then to just kind of have that all just sucked away so quickly and without warning, it's just like, I don't know. It leaves a big kind of hole. Like it, it's just weird to have a program that, you know, cause our coaches are for us 100% of the way. And then we talked to you know, other staff and, you know, people in the depart athletic department. And it's like, we're doing everything to help you succeed. We got your back, you know, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you turn around and they're like, Nope, nothing now, no support, no, nothing. You're gone. It's, it's just such a strong juxtaposition between, having so much support and then all of a sudden just being the exact opposite. We want to disband you. We don't want you, you know, here anymore. And we're not for your success in any way. And that's the part that really hurts. I don't know. That just feels like a sucker punch, you know? So. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. And um, so uh, Gabe, I know you're, you're looking at us sideways now, but um, that's okay. We, we can still see you. <laughs> Um, you know, and then we'll get over to Jackson and follow up on what his dad said about when they were on vacation. But, uh, yeah, tell it, tell us your feeling, Gabe. Yeah. So I was out wrestling with some buddies, uh, when I got that same email text about the 30 minute zoom call, 30 minutes up on the zoom call. So kind of random, didn't really know it was about or anything. So yeah. Uh, Later, before that call, we got a text from uh, Borelli to hop on, like, our own team call so he could tell us what was going on. So, hopped on that. He uh, delivered the news, kind of told us what was happening. Uh, yeah, definitely. It was pretty uh, interesting, crazy, kind of, like, real. Always uh, wanted to go to Stanford when I was little. My uh, dad wrestled there and was an alum there. So, uh, yeah, it was always an option and kind of, like, that goal when you're a little kid. Um yeah, so even, yeah, after that, I got the news. I called my dad, and he took it pretty hard, too. Just like, like yeah, like, what are these guys thinking? Doesn't make sense. Same as everyone else. But, yeah, a little hit a little more home just because my dad's been a part of the program forever. I've been going in the room since I was seven years old, you know, a little kid rolling around messing with my dad, who has always been a part of the institution, sporting, and everything as an alum. So, yeah, just crazy. Uh, just trying to figure out kind of same as everyone else what to do with the degree same stuff being a junior it's interesting because if we stick around this year then I cut it I would only have like a quarter to maybe two quarters left to get my degree at Stanford so that fifth year and then that senior year I'd be pretty open so it'd be interesting yeah if I transferred out those credits and everything how that works but you know it's still yeah it's like Stanford like they don't transfer out of there. So it kind of once in a lifetime opportunity. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But yeah, it's uh, pretty heartbreaking and uh, kind of a sucky situation that we've been put into. But as always, we'll face it and, uh, you know, figure it out in the end. So yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully confident that all of you guys will, no matter what happens here, still kick ass in life. Uh, Jackson. What's up, man? I know uh, your dad had mentioned that you guys were on vacation and then you got that call. And then as soon as you hung up, you were just like a vacuum cleaner sucked the air out of you. I mean, that had to be tough. I mean, you're enjoying vacation, right? You don't expect bad news on vacation. Yeah, I mean, that that definitely hurt. So like we were sitting down to eat breakfast or like brunch, I guess. But uh, so we got that text and email and 
I, I texted the group message asking what, what it was about. And like Borelli said, he, he had no idea. And then like five minutes before we were supposed to hop on the zoom call, he's like, this is devastating news. We're not going to let you guys hear it from them. So we're going to make our own zoom call. So, I mean, I feel bad for those other 10 sports who, who had to hear it from the AD rather than their own coach. So, so coach was blindsided by it too. Right. Yeah, completely. And so he put together a zoom call and like literally like 10 minutes and we all, we all got on there and he like just told us and like, but, and then, the most important thing, like he, he made it clear that like we were going to fight it, that like a lot of the stuff they said, like they weren't going to be able to back up and that's proven to be true so far. And like that all of our alumni are going to be able to support and that's what they've been doing. So I think that, but I mean, regardless, like it, it was devastating. Like I, I didn't know what to do. I, I tried to, I tried to buy a ticket to fly home. And I bought it for like, like I, was, I wasn't paying attention to anything. I bought it for like two weeks ahead of like that day, like when we were already going to be home for a while. So like I walked to the airport, she was like, your ticket's not for, for a couple of weeks. I was like, oh, and I went and got back in the car. Just, it, it was, it was a rough, uh, rough couple of days. And like, like real said, it hasn't really gotten better. I think just the shocks worn off and, now it's more like us trying to figure out what to do, like in terms of our own careers, and then like also how to how to help the program. And that, it's so got to be tough because, um, uh, like, um, like Real and Gabe said, um, you guys are so close to to that end goal, which was that Stanford degree. And I know that reading some stuff, they said they would honor your scholarships or whatever, but. Um, it's got to be tough to be a young man torn between do I do I just say okay no more wrestling and I'm going to stay focused on getting that Stanford degree and then go back and, and pursue it because you know it's not like you're at not that not that any college out there isn't important but they're not Stanford right right yeah Stanford, exactly. Princeton a Penn uh, whatever where where when you get that diploma and you put it on your resume it it equals more numbers, more dollars, more, more everything, more respect. So, um, yeah, it's got to be tough to be a young man in your position, um, thinking, what do I do next? And I want to ask you, Nick, um, you're not even there yet, right? Yeah, no, I'm an incoming freshman. So um, it's almost, you know, there's a give and take, definitely. Um, not being there yet, you know, I know, I know all these guys. I know the majority of the team. Um, and then I, I talked to people in my class, but, you know, the connection isn't exactly like super strong yet, but at the same time, um, there's a drawback to that. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, what could have been, you know, um, I'm going into this year and there's already that, that sentiment of like, oh, this is our last year. Possibly we have to fight rather than, you know, getting the full experience and, you know, that coupled with what's already going on, the uncertainty of, you know, the pandemic and everything. Um, it really just takes away from the, the experience of, you know, getting out to campus, meeting my future teammates and, you know, just being able to enjoy that. So it, it definitely sucks. Yeah. And, and real, I know that um, you've had a lot of success in college so far and you've kind of been the face since you've been there of that program. Um, how difficult has it? Oh, there he is pointing to you. Um, so I got to imagine you, you're, you're kind of getting a lot of calls, a lot of messages, people asking you to come on the TV and, and do this. Um, how difficult is it for you to kind of, um, settle in and understand that you're kind of the voice right now because people want to see real woods and hear from real woods. It's, it's tough. This is the first like time I'm actually like doing something publicly outside of like a post or anything oh well i appreciate that but um i also completely understand it took me a minute to to agree to something like this but i mean it's a lot it's just i don't know i try to try to you know do what's best for me and then do what's best for the program do what's best for my teammates that i love 
and you know my coaches that I love and it puts me in a really really tough situation and in, in whatever I decide I still haven't decided what I'm going to do you know and it's, and it's like a double it's a double I don't know double it's like a quadruple edged sword everywhere whatever decision I do choose you know it feels like I'm just you know ruining a different opportunity you know what I mean and it's just tough like but I do I mean life goes on you have to make decisions you know like this this is life you know that's one thing I have that I have realized from this situation is like this is what happens in life you know no matter how big or how small uh the magnitude is these are the kind of things that you have to deal with and that you have to get through and I have to make a decision on what I'm going to do and and commit to that decision and not look back, you know? So uh, when I do decide something, I'm gonna commit to that and I'm not looking back. And uh, and there's so many different r routes that I could take, you know? And I just, <laughs> it's tough, so I don't know. It's a lot to, it's a lot to say, but. I yeah, I mean, uh, believe me, going into college, I was looking to, looking forward to some more Woods Silva matches, but no shoes getting removed or anything, or coaches fighting, keeping it, <laughs> keeping it clean. Uh, but uh, I remember watching those those cool matches when you guys were younger, um, on uh, on flow and stuff. You guys had some intense matchups, so um, thank you for those memories. I, I'm looking forward to to seeing more from you. But uh, and uh, I don't know who wants to answer. Whether it's Dad, did you want to say something, Dad? Yeah, I just wanted to just to to point out like a, just a couple things. The first thing is, this is the hardest part as a parent to watch. You know, listening to real, it it destroys any parent whose child has worked and earned an accolade because what Stanford has created is a lose lose situation. There is there is no winning situation unless they reinstate the program because. Here's Real's choice. He can leave and not get a Stanford degree, and he has to leave his teammates behind. He can stay and not fulfill a dream to be an NCAA national champion, which he absolutely has the potential to, to do. And so you, there's no win-win unless the program's reinstated for any of these kids. And it's so incredibly frustrating as a parent to, to watch all of these other people's kids go through this incredible amount of pain during a time, let's face it, Daniel, during a time when COVID has already taken so much from them. And it's, it's just, it's just unfathomable, incredibly frustrating. And uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't be more disappointed. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, after this show, I think the anxiety that I'm having with my kids is going to go away because seeing what you guys are going through is so minimal. Like I have anxiety because my son has been upset because he can't go wrestle because we're stuck in Florida where COVID is high. And, and I start to, my heart breaks just because he doesn't get to see his friends. And then I'm thinking here I am with six guys that are going through way, you know, you're 14, deal with it. You'll, you'll be better from it. So and nothing what you guys are going through. So, uh, but has, has, um, and I don't know um, uh, who wants to answer this or we can go around the room, but has there been any, has there, has there been any follow-up? I know you guys said you got that 30 minute zoom. I know you guys are in touch with coach. Um, and, and I spoke to, to coaches. Oh, I think we lost someone. I spoke to Borelli senior, uh, you know, he was one of the first guys they ever had on the show. And, and I have a, uh, a snippet that I took out of that and put on YouTube where he was talking about trying to prevent this three months ago. And, um, uh, but has there been any, any follow-up with you guys? Uh, I don't know. We'll start with Nick. Yeah. So I will say that, um, you know, the coaches and really anyone involved has been doing a very good job of keeping us in the loop and, you know, just doing whatever they can to get this thing back. Like we, you know, we have, we have team calls like every week and already the coaches have split up into 
different like subcommittees almost that are in charge of, you know, publicity, um, communicating with alumni, um, really just anything that we can do to attack this problem from um, every possible angle. And they're doing a great job of keeping the wrestlers involved because, you know, they're, you know, this doesn't just affect us, it affects the whole program. So anyone who's been a part of the program in years past, um, they're just as passionate about this. So, you know, just getting all those people involved and keeping us involved because we have, you know, a certain perspective that we can share that may mean something different to the, you know, the people that are, that are making this decision that are higher up. So um, I guess the other guys can speak a little bit on what we've been doing, but, you know, we're, we're doing our best to fight this. So. Oh, I understand. And uh, uh, it says, uh, says Gabe got knocked out and can't get back in. I just click the link. I don't know, someone text him, tell him to go back to the email link. Um, he said it He said it won't let him rejoin. Like, he's clicking it. Oh. What was his? Gotcha. Here, I'll send him an email right now. What was his email? Uh, G-D-I-N-E at Stanford. Hey, while you're doing that, and before Judah jumps in here to talk about uh, what's happening with the wrestling team and the coaches and stuff. I sent it to him. Sorry. One thing, one thing that you brought up though that that does kind of irk me is is you said it. You you were on Flow watching Reels matches, and Flow has definitely benefited from all of the kids that are on this team. But I'm not seeing very much coverage from Flow about the issue, and, and we haven't received much help uh, in terms of of just just broadcasting everywhere about this atrocity that really hurts flow at, at the end of the day because if other programs fall and so i've been disappointed uh in flow and and uh who's has no problem showing all of these guys matches and they have you know thousands of views but then no coverage and so i've been been a little bummed about that but sorry it, i didn't mean to jump. no no and you know i i've spoke with um you know, NW, the National Wrestling Coaches Association, uh, not, not, maybe not directly, but I spoke to like Coach Roger Reina yesterday, who used to be the president of that. And I know that um, it matters a lot to them, you know. Um, and I know they've been involved in, in speaking loudly and, um, but it, but, you know, I don't know what else to do other than make our voice heard, but yeah, I mean, I believe we should be hearing from flow. We should be hearing from track. We should be hearing from any platform that has the ability to speak. Like, I mean, I, I'm nothing compared to those guys, but my first thought was reach out to you, Mr. Sario. When I saw you and I saw the, the thing and I said, let's just anything to get, get our voices heard. But um, uh, first things first, I did send Gabe a new link. So I don't know if that works for him, but um, Judah, I know, uh, we were going to come over to you and uh, what kind of follow-up has there been um, with this whole thing or, or is it basically the same what Nick said? Yeah so kind of I suppose two things one thing which I found uh, kind of really encouraging was the fact that so as soon as we got all this news our coaches and like basically all the alumni or uh, so many alumni and donors are reaching out immediately and our coaches were basically on call with uh a bunch of different people for six hours that day just trying to figure things out different ideas you know how do we manage this how do we get the program back and all this stuff and so you know immediately when that happened i'm that's why i'm so thankful that we have just amazing coaches that are willing to make just so you know so many sacrifices with time with their family to figure out how to stand for wrestling to keep stanford wrestling and so that was that's been just really encouraging to know that it's really not just us. There's there's a whole army behind Stanford wrestling. It isn't just who's on the team right now. It's donors and fans and so many people that have invested time and money and really care about Stanford wrestling as a whole. So that's been uh, really great. Um, the AD or whatever had some sort of follow-up meeting in which they tried to explain how um, – or why we were cut, which was probably the most awkward meeting I've ever been in my life because 
they just gave the same answer over and over again and to every question you know they're like and one of the frustrating things in that was they talked about how they were thinking about this for two, this decision for two years and you're like how like why on earth would you not come to this you know we could because you know it's one of those decisions where it's like if you don't you know put in the extra work you know to get better and you don't end up becoming an NCAA American NCAA champion that's on you because you didn't you know put in the work probably or you didn't you know take extra time to do more workouts or do more this or that whereas this decision you didn't even know and you had no idea what was going on is it the excuse the effect of COVID and the uh the 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 having to run on a deficit and the lack of revenue because of COVID. So isn't, isn't saying this, this has been in the plans for two years, just some sort, of, some sort of excuse just to try to soften the burden of not admitting no reasons. Yeah. Cause there was no, like, if this was in the works for two years and then how come, you know, you didn't tell us and we could have, you know, fundraising awareness you know something because we have donors who are willing to really help us out here and they want the program to succeed like how come you know, if we had known that we would have started reaching out to them you know and exploring other avenues and all this stuff but we were given at, you know 30 minutes forewarning and that's you know, obviously it's just ridiculous i think i think uh so we sent out a public statement by the way today and i think it's really powerful so i want to read some of it yeah, That's please it. jump in, do your thing. Yeah, so some of the things that like that Stanford said were the reasons behind the program being cut are exactly the opposite of what the statement kind of, you know, says and, and it's the truth. So uh, Stanford Wrestling consistently contributes to the all-around excellence of the athletic department and does so in a fiscal and responsible manner. Our program won a conference championship in 2019, has achieved numerous top 25 NCAA uh, tournament finishes as high as, as high as 11th, and concluded the 2019-2020 season with a national ranking of 14, with a 2020-21 preseason ranking of 15, and a stable of youth of young talent. We are poised for an even greater future of success. Uh, in the classroom, we hold the longest streak in the nation for NCAA Wrestling APR Public Recognition Awards for nine years, while consistently achieving exemplary graduation rates and GPAs. Equally important is the fact that throughout the years, many of our wrestlers represent the first members of their families to attend college, and our team contributes meaningfully to the diverse population of student-athletes on campus. Stanford's unwavering dedication to both at academic and athletic achievement is a standard that other universities aspire to emulate. The university's steadfast commitment to excellence in all endeavors is what differentiates this institution from its peers. The proposed decision to eliminate successful athletic programs and antithetical the, to this commitment is antithetical to this commitment. During challenging times like these, the Stanford we know would reinforce to the nation that comprehensive excellence and support for exceptional student athletes need not be compromised. We believe it is essential that Stanford refuses to relinquish that which makes it great and continues to support diverse pathways to excellence for all of its students. And we're, we're, asking, we're asking for uh, the university's leadership to come together and discuss and find solution for this. And the fact that they were, it really kills me because the fact that they, they said that they've been, you know, thinking about this and, and planning this for the past two years, like, how do you not go to the, to the sport itself, like, and, and work and try to work with them as a university, if you're truly like, they just like, what do they just, they just don't want us here. That doesn't make sense to me. Cause if they did in any way, they would come to us and try to figure out a solution, you know, whatever the problem is financially, whatever the problem is, uh, has to do with gender, gen, uh, gender equality. Let's, we can find a solution. You know what I mean? We have those resources. We have the people. And, and I've heard that you guys have been able since then, since this happened, I've read somewhere or heard somewhere that 
you guys have been able to put the money, enough money together from donors to fund the program to keep it moving forward. And why are people not reaching out? I mean, down the street, you've got Cal State Bakersfield who has funded their own program that was being cut years ago and was able to, to keep it. So there's so many avenues that they could have went to say, um, hey, how, how can we keep this program? And then, is that true? I've heard that you guys have been able to already fund or, or, or get enough donors to come forth and say, we can fund this sport. And they still have said, too bad. Yep. And according to the coaches, I mean, we're pretty much willing to do what, like everything that they said, we're pretty much willing to have a solution for that within like our own means, you know? Yeah. So, um, that, um, Daniel, right now, uh, right now, the, the thing we need most is for the athletic department and the university to let the program know what's the number. Like, what what is the number? Is it is it five million dollars? Is it a hundred million dollars? What is the number that they need to endow the program? And let us work to to get to that. That's that's what that's what Real is saying. We we have all of those pieces. But as a parent, just let me throw this other perspective in. They recruited all of these kids. And if they knew two years ago that they weren't going to have a wrestling program, that's a violation. Like, that's fraud. Like, that's just they've stolen an opportunity with, with full knowledge that they were going to discontinue wrestling. Like, that's. It's, it sounds like complete bullshit to me. I mean, you said it. Can I say that? I don't, I don't go to Stanford. Sounds like it's complete bullshit. And it's just some backdoor way to try to soften a blow to say, oh, well, we were going to do this anyway. Just be honest, be, be, be forward. And then also you're, you're saying, hey, uh, we're going to let you do another year of wrestling and then you're done. Well, how the hell are you guys going to come into the season with your mind right and your mind prepared to go to battle every day to be the greatest athlete you can be thinking why so now now what do you guys do like tell these kids tell these kids if they're if they're going to be there or not if there's going to be a program or not if they can fund the program or not because because they need to have time to to find a new home or decide if they're going to stay, they've got decisions to make. So um, someone needs to get in a room and, and, and have this, you know, kind of laid out sooner than later. I mean, Jackson, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on, on everything? And, uh, um, you know, what, what kind of has been said to you and, and, you know, and what's next here? Yeah, I mean, Right now, luckily, I'm not in the same position as like Real and the other juniors where I need to make a decision this year or before this year starts. So I'm really, really thankful for that. So as of right now, my plans are to stay at Stanford for this year and see what happens. And hopefully by the end of the year, I'll be able to make a decision. And it's like one of the things like I think them giving us this year is almost like a little cheap just because the likelihood of anybody being able to compete in any sports this year is pretty, pretty low. And so I feel like that's almost like, they're like, well, we're not going to spend any money on you this year anyway. So might as well. Yeah, so it, it's kind of like, um, Oh, we're going to give you another year, but they know that it might not be a full year. It might right. not have all the sports. So they might not have to fund it fully. So they're yeah. trying to make it, make it sound like they're doing you a favor. Right, when they're really they're really not going out of their way at all. But um so that that's a little upsetting. I I'm definitely thankful that we have this year, but but I feel like this year to to be the extra year, they should get us two extra years. How about this? How about this? They've been thinking about it for two years. How about two years ago? They say three yeah. years. Say all right, three or maybe just add a year in there, you know what I mean? Just for the kids, just to just to uphold your promises. For yeah. the kids that you that you that you recruited, you know, at an institution, I think there's a lot of different ways that they could have gone about it that would have been uh, much more smooth. But man, and you're an institution of excellence, right? You're an institution that um, does that, and I know 
speaking on what Judah said. What year are you, Judah? Uh, I'm going into my senior year. So, I mean, you right. can't transfer. You can't really transfer at all, can you? Uh, it wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of different things bouncing through my head, but I'm. I think I've reached a decision where I'm gonna definitely stay for this year um, and finish it out. I mean, there's some other things that I'm also considering because uh, I'll probably take five years to graduate anyway, just because of uh, the track I'm on with my degree and everything. And one of the things you can do at Stanford is if you've gone there for two years or attended two years at the university, you can take a leave of absence and then come back at any time and finish your degree. So that's always a, a possibility as well of leaving and coming back at a later time and getting that degree. So things and I, Sorry, I thought you were done. I apologize. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Sometimes there's a delay, so <laughs> my bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you know, well said, but like the guys, and, and I don't know what happened to our buddy Gabe here. All I have is this little phone thing, but um, somebody like yourself, real, who's already at that cusp, if you don't make a do you have to make a decision sooner than later? If you go into your next courses and you decide to stay this coming year, um, you're, you have to stay through, through college or what, um, what kind of position does that put you in? Yeah, so like I said, with the whole like Ivy League situation, there's that. And then there's also, I wanna, there's also like, so when you transfer schools, not all of your credits transfer. And for my my plan, I I had it all set up with all my classes that I was gonna take at Stanford for the next, for the following three years. And uh, and it was gonna set myself up to apply to med school afterward. And uh, having to transfer, it's, it's gonna make everything so much more tough uh, uh, organizing that. Um, because it was already going to be a difficult course load, a difficult, you know, route. But now I'm having to transfer, and then some of those credits might not be able to transfer, and then I'm getting behind even more. And it was already a very tight load that was that was reasonable that I thought that I could get through, you know. So um, it just it really just sets myself up for a brutal uh, situation academically if I if I want to do if I, and I do want to continue uh, my plan to go to med school afterward so uh, it's it's just made a lot of things difficult and and if I don't if I do decide to transfer now that would help me for because wherever I do transfer I can set that up early on you know what I mean set up my my whatever my future courses and what I need to get done to uh, go to med school after. And, and if I don't, if I wait this following year, uh, I mean, I won't have the opportunity to even uh, decide if, if Ivy League is, is, a, is an option for me. And, and then on, on the second hand, like, I don't know if the classes I might be taking might not be able to transfer or transfer or whatever, you know? Like there's just a lot to go into it. Uh, especially academically. Yeah, it kind of sucks. I, you know, I, I, Nick, you're an incoming freshman. Um, did they, are they still honoring whatever they've offered you? Are they still allowing you to, if you want to pursue the education, offering the monies or whatever that they've offered you? And um, as an incoming freshman, are, are you torn between staying committed and, and maybe hearing what they have to say or moving on? Yeah, so they are, um, they're honoring the scholarship money that they offered at the beginning, um, which almost feels like wrong to me because um, I'm not expecting to compete, but I'm still getting the same money anyways. So, you know, that is another thing that just doesn't make much sense to me at all. Um, how you would continue to fund athletes that you made a promise to and then not expect them to hold up their end of the bargain. Like, I don't, I don't get how that makes any fiscal sense to them. Um, so for me, it's just like, you know, why would I, I don't know. It's very confusing why I would be getting money and then not also have to wrestle. So. Yeah. Because part of funding the program is scholarship money, right? So if they're still saying, Hey, 
we're going to honor the, all the wrestling team scholarship money, but we're not going to have to sponsor the program. Isn't that, isn't that part of the revenue that's causing them to say we need to cut back? Exactly. Yeah. That's why, you know, it doesn't make any, any sense to me at all. Interesting. So, um, so I mean, what's, what's the next step? Uh, do, is there, is there some sort of commitment to you guys as saying, Hey, um, or is it just, Hey, it, it's 2021 and that's it. Or are we back in conversation? Have they said, don't make a decision yet. We may get this thing turned around. Are they willing to like, uh, Tony said up there, are they willing to give you guys a number and give you an opportunity or is, have, have they just cut the umbilical cord totally and, and left you guys out in the ocean? With their I mean, their yeah, teams. as of right now, they said no amount of money. They said there is no number. Yep. So. But that's what, that's the whole public statement. That's what that's for, is to try to get them to talk with us and work with us to figure out a number. Our coaches kind of think of it as a, as a marathon, not a sprint. You're not going to be able to change their mind in the first month or two or whatever. It's, it's going to be a, a long kind of haul or push to get them to give us a number or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, they've got to understand they're not, whoever's running programs at Stanford, they're not idiots. So they've got to understand that we have, well, I, you know what I mean, right? When I say idiots, but I mean, obviously they, they have some sort of a, a proper education and understanding that there's young men that have to make a decision and you're putting them in a position where they need to know sooner than later so they can kind of prepare for their, their future. So, uh, and I've talked yeah. to, I mean, to speak on there. Yeah, Gabe's back, I made it. But uh, I was gonna say, cause I was talking with some coaches, that's more than kind of just a money thing too at this point with like trying to get a number to reach or whatnot for them to tell us than just that like I was talking to one of my coaches and he said back in the day like uh like Nebraska Kearney or Nebraska Omaha I think it was was a D2 team national champions in wrestling and that night right after they won the title he got the call from their athletic director that they were cutting the program so it's kind of like just that thing like it's much more than just like you know how much success we're having or amount of money that we can raise it's much more than that. So we got to figure out kind of get in their head to figure out, you know, what are you guys thinking? What really is the process on why you chose to cut Stanford wrestling kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, that, uh... And that's where Daniel, that's where my fear lies because uh, athletic director Muir has a history of doing just exactly what he's done here and i can't figure out what's in his head so he's at he's the ad of delaware and these wrestlers can't really speak about this but i can um <laughs> he was the ad of delaware and he cut their cross-country program they were already in compliance with title nine so it wasn't a title nine issue it was 12 athletes the total cost of the program was fifty four thousand dollars um they raised that much they raised an endowment in in a matter of days to put the program back and uh, Bernard Muir just just said no and just canceled the program. And, and then he left uh, about a year later. He was already in talks with Stanford, uh, left about a year later to come to Stanford. And then my understanding from talking to others is the minute he came onto Stanford's campus, he was asking big donors if they would be okay or how they felt about uh, all of the sports that Stanford had. So it becomes this, this injustice Right, because if it's if it's money based and you're saying God, we're guys, we're we're screwed. I'm sorry, we're Stanford. Uh, we we just have too much of a load right now, and we're not going to be able to make it. Then that makes sense to everybody, and we can raise money and we can maybe uh, support the program. And if we can't, then we go. But if it's not financially based, then what is it based on? And how do we address? How do we fight a battle when we don't know who it is we're fighting against? And so that, that's what becomes very frustrating. And then what becomes even more frustrating are articles that say this, uh, with budgets under pressure, colleges cut country club staples like golf and tennis. And they're talking about Stanford cutting its 11 programs. And I look at these guys on this screen uh, and I look at the, the athletes that are part of the wrestling program 
And these aren't country club kids. These are blue collar, hardworking kids from hardworking families uh, who wouldn't have been able to go to Stanford except for wrestling financially. And it's, I, I just can't figure out what the real reasons are so that we can at least have an argument or counter argument uh, to, to bring the program back. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like to me, and, and I spent uh, my whole life in the car business prior to stepping away to kind of be there for my kids to, to pursue athletic dreams and stuff. But um, it sounds like to me, you have somebody who was about to get their pay cut and their pay was based on the bottom line. And with the loss of revenue or revenue that was not coming in. So he's saying, okay, well, I don't want to lose my, my paycheck, but I'm about to start to lose some of my paycheck because it's being affected by here. So let's, you know, for a lack of better words, let's, let's cut their pay plan so that it stops affecting my pay plan. So I can still get the same amount. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So if, if, if I'm making, you know, if I'm making a hundred thousand dollars or whatever as a number, but now because of the economy, they're saying, okay, we can only pay you 80. You're saying, no, 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 wait a second. I want to keep my hundred. I'll just cut the pay plan a little bit so that you can continue to pay Paul, right? So um, uh, there's gotta be some of that going on, which is unfair. And, um, and it goes back to out of one side of your mouth, you guys say it's about the kids, but out of the other side of your mouth, you're, you know, you're full of shit. Yeah, and if out of the other side of their mouth they, they were saying it's about the money, then we would say, okay, give us a number so that we can support your salary and support the program. We'll do whatever it takes. We just want to wrestle. And uh, that's what these kids are saying. That's what their coaches are saying. So now uh, we need everyone to send an email to remind uh, both the provost, the president, the AD, that Stanford wrestling is important that it's, it's what creates the diversity that makes Stanford's campus so amazing. And we need to counteract the message that all the kids that go to Stanford are rich kids um, who, who are born with silver spoons in their mouths because that's not the case uh, for any of the wrestlers that I know. Maybe you guys know, but. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I think we all, it goes back to where these people were fighting to get college athletes paid because uh, colleges were saying they are getting paid by scholarships and people were saying, yeah, but they're bringing money to your program. And then they're saying it's about the kid. Well, uh, apparently, apparently something crossed over there, right? Because if it's about them and it's about the student, we understand now more than ever that it's a business, right? You've just proved it to us, right? And, um, and we understand that, yeah, there's got to be probably some additions or subtractions that have to be made during tough times to be able to continue to, to move forward. But instead of just making a drastic move like that, why can't we bring, you know, have a meeting of those 11 heads of those sports? I know wrestling is our sport and we're selfish to protecting our sport, but those 11 programs have students on them. And I'm sure you guys know a lot of them and have coaches and have people that are going to lose their jobs. Why couldn't those heads sit down first as, and I don't know, I can't imagine they did because there would be some sort of solution um, and sit down and say, okay, here's our situation. Here's what we have to do. Uh, how are you guys prepared to fund your own program? Are you guys prepared to do X, Y, Z? How can we continue to make this work to get us through these tough times, but still not affect these kids. And um, you know, that obviously, apparently talking to you guys didn't happen, right? No. Yeah. And I think like one of the bottom lines is really is like for us, like me, real, like our class and everyone really is like bottom line is we want to, we chose Stanford to get to the, the degree from there and wrestle there. And so like, if we could get into whoever's ear basically states like, can just give us the label to compete varsity division one on paper they can consider us a club team no funding whatever but as long as we could just get that to still compete division one go to nationals wrestle with division one schools 
and then all this alumni money that we're going to pool up just basically self-fund our own programs. But just get that label from the schools that can say, okay, they can wrestle Division One, compete at nationals, travel, and but all the money, all scholarships, all payment, travel, it could just all be funded through the alumni rather than that money, you know, going to them, helping pay for their salaries and all that because they're already they're already done with us. So kind of figuring out whoever can just give us that label of you know like. You can compete Division One wrestling. That's it. On paper, consider us a club team, consider us a cup program, whatever, but have us be able to still compete Division One and be funded through alumni, pretty much. Yeah, and I think that's um, that's well said. I mean, like I said earlier, I spoke to Coach Manny Rivera and Lightning Luke Smith, and and I've heard what they're doing at Cal Bakersfield, and I don't I don't see why that's not something that could happen here too and then i don't know correct me if i'm wrong isn't didn't years ago isn't that what liberty did they 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 were division one or something and they broke away and now they're a club team or whatever but they still kind of compete at different levels i could be completely incorrect but um there's so many options out there to wrestle and um there's so many open tournaments that i've learned about that that you can do yeah i agree and um yeah i mean i, I just want to say uh I'm, I'm just terribly sorry, man. And I, and I hope that we can make a difference. I hope that um, you guys are, are, are able to still get that Stanford education that you dreamed of and still be able to do, as Gabe said, and wrestle. I mean, that, that doesn't seem like it's far-fetched to be able to still self-fund the program, get your education there, and then be able to compete at the highest level. So um, I don't see why that wouldn't work. So somebody out there maybe that's hearing this, that's up high in, in Stanford, um, you know, let us know why, why that doesn't work. Let us know why that can't work. Uh, I don't see why it can't. These kids still want to wrestle. They still want to wear that S on their chest. They still want to represent you as a school. You're still going to get marketing. You're still going to get seen. You're still going to get kids out there that say, I want to be part of your program. Um, so instead, you've got these kids that just have broken hearts and their dream was always to be part of you and your program. And now you're just kind of sweeping them under the rug. And, and these are only five or six, or do I have six here? How many are on the team? 30. So, I mean, there, there's 30 of these kids that you're saying, you know, we need to save money yet. We'll still pay for your scholarships, but we don't want to sponsor the program. Like Nick said up there, it's a little confusing too. So um, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm at a loss for words, but I know that people are behind you and people are pulling for you and people obviously don't wanna see this outcome. And, um, you know, I hope to see you guys, well, I know I'll see you guys kicking ass in life and taking this by the horns and you guys are all wrestlers. So, you know, the whole additive get up off the mat, but. I know at your age, this shouldn't be something that you're having to deal with. You're just young, innocent kids trying to get an education to start life. Um, so, you know, from, from my family to yours, man, I, as a parent, I'm, I'm a little heartbroken for you. Uh, but on, on the positive side, man, just, you know, you guys are young. Keep your head up. Um, get through this. You know, don't let it, don't let it affect the rest of your life. And, um, and let's see what happens, man. And if there's anything that I can do with my platform to help you, uh, it's my pleasure. I'm not, you know, I'm nobody huge, but we'll get some views out there. We'll get the videos shared. Uh, you guys, please feel free to jump into my Facebook page, World Wrestling Live, and share it. Uh, post any of those letters or links on there. Uh, and uh, I shared it already with like 18 or 20 rooms. So, um I don't know. Is there anything else that you guys want to say that you guys want to shout out that you guys want known before uh, before I say thank you for coming on? I want to shout out everyone who's supporting us, all the alum, all the parents, ourselves, our coaches, every, our, our fans, everybody who's supporting us. just want to shout you guys out because we're the people who are going to make the difference if we can make a difference. Well said. That's awesome. 
Anyone else? Yeah, I think kind of what Judah said earlier, how this, you know, how our coaches are seeing this as more of a marathon and, a, you know, a, a long effort. Um, as the publicity and stuff starts to go down, you know, we mentioned, you know, flow and things like that. Um, that publicity doesn't always stay, but, you know, the support that we are getting from people, um, like Rio said, that, you know, if that can stick around, then that's what will really make a difference. So um, just, you know, emphasize to those people that, you know, as long as they can stick around and help us, you know, that really, really benefits us. So we appreciate that. And, and obviously, Mr. DeSario, I, I see him online all, all the time posting on behalf of you guys. So um, that's kind of how I found him. And, and, and it's awesome. And I, I know it's tough to talk about. Um, and, and I can hear in your voice that your hearts are breaking. Um, but, you know, thank you so much for coming on. And, and as I said, share this anywhere, everywhere, share the video in an email format to the AD. I don't know, do whatever you got to do. And, um, and, and just uh, as best you can keep your head up high and, uh, and do your thing. But, um, Daniel, yeah. thanks for, for having us on. Uh, thanks for giving us a platform and, uh, an outlet to not just express ourselves, but to try to garner support, uh, for Stanford wrestling. Uh, we can absolutely keep Stanford wrestling, but we need a lot of people to help us to do that. Uh, one thing that people should know is that Stanford wrestling is well endowed. It's been well reported. We have, there's a $27 billion endowment. And my point that I need to make to all of the wrestling uh, fans is that if Stanford wrestling can go down anywhere, can lose their wrestling program. And so can it be lost everywhere. So if you're a wrestling fan and there are 285,000 men or, or young men and young women who make up the wrestling population across the country who willfully choose to spend six minutes of hell on a mat uh, for fun at the high school level, we need all of their help and support. And then we need all 71 uh, uh, Division One University college fans of wrestling to send emails uh, so that we can save not just wrestling at Stanford, but wrestling so that kids have an option after high school uh, to continue to do the greatest sport there is. And uh, we need everyone's help to do that. So thanks very much, Daniel, for having me. Uh, I don't deserve to be on the same screen as these guys, but uh, to, to the fellas, thank you all for letting me be a part of you. Thank yeah, you. Well, Thank and, you. I, and I appreciate all you guys coming on again. And, um, you know, let's do what we can. I'll um, usually at the end of the week, I, I take these links off and I'll, I'll put it on um, YouTube and I'll put it on uh, Spotify and iTunes. And of course, it's on Facebook on uh, Ward Wrestling Live. So like I said to all you guys, feel free to go in there and, and share it, post it anywhere you can post it. And uh, as soon as I as soon as I get it onto YouTube and and the podcast, um, I guess I'll send a I can email a link out to all you guys. I don't have the only cell phone I have is uh, or the only contact I have is Mr. Desario up there. Uh, I can uh, I can send an email to you guys. I can find you guys on Facebook Messenger, or whatever, send it to you, or I can send it to Tony and Jackson, and they can get it out to you. But uh, somehow you'll have it, and um, and you know, hey, just. Like I said, keep kicking ass. I know you guys are out there doing camps and, and focusing on the youth and uh, keep doing the right thing. And, and, you know, God's watching. Good things will happen for you guys, man. And keep your head up. And, uh, you know, from a parent to kids, man, I love you all. So uh, you guys take care of yourselves, all right? And thank you so much again. Hey, have a good one. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys.